We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. Hey, welcome to Hardline. It's Sunday. We've got Dr. Jacob Nyheisel from the University of Buffalo. He's Morning. the associate professor at the School of Political Science. And Dr. Jacob, thank you for being here. As always, my pleasure. We have a very important special special guest in studio. Uh, her name is Lynn Dixon, and she has just announced this week, big week for Lynn Dixon, she announced she is running for Erie County Executive. Uh, she, of course, is on the Erie County Legislature in a very, uh, you know, this is an independent candidacy who is able to caucus with Republicans and yet win in a district that is three to one Democrat to Republican. Now think about that. Erie County is two to one. She's getting elected in landslide victories in a three to one district. Lynn Dixon joins us. Thank you for taking time on your Sunday. Well, thanks for having me. It's great. We got her again? Let's try that again. Okay. Uh, there thank, we go. thank you for having me. It's now great you're, to be here. Uh, well, I thank you. It's a Sunday morning. I'm sure you've got much better things to do than to sit down with us. But let's just talk about your week, how it unfolded. Uh, you announced that you are running for Erie County Executive against Mark Policars, and you're running as an independent. Yeah. I, so the way I view politics or government really is is it should not be partisan. I mean, you have issues that impact everybody in Erie County, and it shouldn't be viewed as a Democrat problem or a Republican problem. It's If it's an issue, it's an issue. Roads don't have uh, Democrat or Republican labels to them. Uh, so, you know, if you need to, if you need help with your heating bills over the winter, that's not a Democrat or Republican issue. It's an issue. So uh, my approach has always been uh, to work with people on, on both sides of the aisle uh, and and just work to resolve the problem. And that's the approach that I've always taken, and that's the approach I would continue to take. You know, it, when you, uh, uh, and I'll let uh, Jacob, if you want to jump in at any time and ask questions of uh, Lynn Dixon. If you're a Democrat and want to ask a question of Lynn Dixon, you can call in at 644-9875. If you're a Republican, you can call in on the Republican line, right of center, left of center. Republican line is 803 0930. And the Democratic line is 644-9875. We'll take questions uh, from both sides so that we're fair and we're balanced. But as you look at this race, uh, you know, in 2019, so much is involved with social media and your video launch that you put out there really took off. I mean, I don't think anyone has seen a single time, one time video. It's uh, your website is votelynne Dot com. That's your Twitter handle as well. And that thing just blew up. And what's ironic is that your opponent is, I guess, I don't know if he was reacting to the interview that you did on Bowerly and Bellavia or if he's reacting to other things. But he seemed to be a little bit almost uh, upset that his use of social media was was brought out and some of the commentary that was that was put out there. But in 2019, 
this is not the type of politicking and campaigning that you did when you first got into politics. You would knock on doors and everything else. Now it's you send a tweet, you do a video. So much of it is evolving before our eyes. But as an elected official, would you do you see the way that uh, Mark Polonkars is using it as effective to get the message out? Would, it, would that be a tool that you would use if you were elected? So I think you can have uh, a government Twitter, government Facebook, what have you, uh, to wh- when there are issues that you want to make sure that the public knows about, you use those tools to get those messages out. Where I don't agree with it is where you're using either your government Twitter or Facebook for personal campaign things, for for very hyper-political things. Uh, That's where I disagree. And I also think uh, over the course of a day, obviously uh, there are a lot of issues. We are a big county. There are a lot of issues uh, facing the the county and the county executive needs to to address. I don't know that sitting on Twitter all day long and tweeting about issues not pertaining to Erie County that are maybe very political issues or national, international issues, or even – picking fights on social media is the way to operate a county. Well, let's just put it this way. I should have asked the question better. If you were county executive, which Twitter account would you use to make comments about the Kashmir province and the uh, (laughs) Pakistan-India Air Force? That's what I would want to know. Would that be a personal one or would that be a county thing? I mean, one of the things, in in all seriousness, though, when you go into a county-wide election, there is this mindset that Mark Polonkars is looking for another race. He offered to uh, debate Chris Collins, who's a sitting member of Congress, on issues that have nothing to do with Erie County. He constantly is talking about Donald Trump. And here, you know, Lynn Dixon throws her hat in the race. Uh, All this support, all these online support, 5,000 views in the first four hours that her video comes out. And you're talking India, Pakistan. It it does make people think, wait a minute, what what is he doing here? Does he want to be county executive or is he running for assistant secretary of defense? (laughs) Assistant Secretary of Defense. Well, there might be an opening there, right? Uh, I think, I think that uh, uh, again, if you have aspirations to another office, don't use your campaign for the particular office that you're either pursuing or that you're currently in uh, to to try and get somewhere else. And and I think that question is raised oftentimes because we do see, as David, as you had mentioned and some of the examples that you've put forth, um, that as county executive, if you're, if you're running for county executive and if you are the county executive, the focus should be on that office, not on, on some higher aspirations that you hope to have and that hopefully you're getting your name out there for something else. I'm not entirely sure it's just aspirational. So I my value added here is the the strategy guy, the the long term. What do campaigns in general do? And I think that there's an undercurrent in American politics where if you're advantaged on the national issues, particularly when you have a partisan advantage at your back, uh, you nationalize. And if it's not to your advantage, you localize, you personalize. And so I, I think that it's it's speaks more to rather than just aspirational, more to how he'd like to ideally run a campaign because uh, people have a really hard time distinguishing between those local issues and the national issues and the national issues draw a lot of the oxygen out of the room and so going forward how are you going to to localize and personalize a a race what's um what's your strategy going forward in terms of you know making this about western new york not about the assistant secretary of defense or, or whatnot well and and to that point i think that um our national political 
uh, our national politics right now are incredibly divisive. Uh, and so when that filters down to the local level, to the county level or what have you, it's troubling because I think people get very frustrated. They look at it as people, people are just, politicians are partisan, and they're just going to fight in a very partisan fashion, whether it's national, whether it's county level. And for me, I take the partisanship out of that. I think it's people before politics, and that sounds very, you know, what a catchphrase, whatever, but it's true. If you're actually doing the work for the people, if you're actually getting into the communities and listening to them and working with them, that takes the politics out of it to some extent. And I think so, so what we are seeing at the national level is extreme divisiveness. Uh, I my approach is not divisiveness. It's I still say there is far more that unites us than divides us, and let's focus on that. We're going to take a quick break. We come back. We'll have more with Lynn Dixon. We're talking this hour about her run uh, for county executive. We're going to talk about some of the issues. We're going to talk about this race and uh, what it shapes up to be. We have Dr. Jacob Nyheisel. If you're a Republican right of center, want to get in on the action, you can call us at 803-0930. If you're a Democrat left of center, you can call 644-9875. It's Hardline. We'll be back after this quick break. Welcome back. It's Hardline. I am Bellavia. I've got uh, Dr. Jacob Nyheisel from the University of Buffalo. He's a PhD, after all. He's associate professor from the School of Political Science. We have in studio with this awesome soundtrack from Joe Beamer. Uh, we have uh, Lynn Dixon, who is running for Erie County Executive. Now, I will tell you, in all sincerity and honesty, that we asked Mr. Mark Polenkars to come on this program. This is now what the seventh week in a row, but evidently. He would rather go on FM radio stations and talk about his Twitter account, talk about whatever he wants to talk about. He, you know, it's always great to see mature adults in the in politics that are not afraid of the differences of opinion. You know, I I really respect, and I'll give you an example of this. Brian Higgins is coming up at 11 a.m. Uh, Brian Higgins. Any, I disagree with Brian Higgins on probably 98% of the way Brian Higgins sees the world. But you know what? That's an intelligent man. That is a professional. And that's someone I have a great deal of respect for because he never shies away from anything. And quite frankly, Lynn Dixon is the same way. There are things that I, I might fundamentally disagree with. She's not afraid to tell you where she's different than you. And that, to me, is the sign of a secure person. So that's my little, uh, uh, you know... My, my little uh, my message out there for everyone. Go out there and debate. Have discourse. If you represent 30% of the people that you don't, that sees the world differently, have the courage and be a man, if I could use that sexist term. Uh, Mark Pullenkars really should be ashamed of himself for not even attempting to come on and talk to people that disagree. We have a Republican call, Amy in Orchard Park. You have a, uh, a question for Lynn Dixon. Go ahead, Amy. Hi, thank you for taking my call. Um, uh, you know, I was just wondering why when we had the opportunity to um, lower our taxes, um, he opposed it, um, and we obviously clearly had money in the budget for it because now we're um, going to be, you know, pledging money to the botanical gardens. But why didn't he take this opportunity to lower his constituents' taxes knowing he was going to be running this year? Thank you, Amy. We'll put you on hold. If you have another question, go ahead, Lynn. What do you think? Hi, Amy. Well, I, I will say this. Uh, that was a very frustrating thing for me. We had put together uh, an amended uh, budget 
uh, that would have cut the tax levy for the first time in over a decade. We had six co-sponsors of this package. Uh, that was on a Thursday or Friday, and by the following Monday, we only had five people on board. Uh, and, and I've, David, I've said this to you before, but it's if you walk into a store and you decide you buy a sweater, and the sweater is thirty dollars, and you hand you hand the cashier um, a fifty dollar bill, and the cashier says, "Hey, thanks," uh, and gives you the sweater, and then you're standing there waiting for your change, and you're not getting it, and you're wondering where's my change? Well, we're holding on to it, on onto it for now. The thing is, when you have a fund balance of uh, upwards of $100 million, you have the ability to provide people a break, uh, to give them a break in their, in their taxes. Uh, it's, it's, it, quite frankly, I don't quite understand how you could not do that. Uh, it's, it seems only fair. It seems right. Uh, everybody pays taxes for, um, you know, for, for road improvements or for the other services that they get. Uh, and if you can give them a break now and then, I don't know why you wouldn't. Uh, what do you think about that, Amy? Is that good enough? I think it's great. I think we, you know, we, we all work very hard and, you know, we pay a lot of taxes. And I think, it, you know, when we have the opportunity to receive some of that back and, you know, it, it, really, it really shows that, that our county government is trying trying to work for us and I think it's really important that you know we could have had that opportunity to have some money back into <laughs> in our own pockets to, to in New York State that's few and far between Amy I really appreciate your call on the Republican line 8030930 star we have uh, 6449875 on the Democratic line you know Lynn one of the things that I think is a, is a positive for you is you have a way to get to complicated issues and I never feel like there's you know, you're never talking down to people. You can educate and explain things in a nature that seems that we're, you're learning this for the first time with me, even though you're teaching me something. I think it's a very powerful tool for someone who's asking for a vote to not be condescending, to not talk down to people. Well, I appreciate that, David. But I, I will say that I in my years as a reporter and now the last several years in politics, I gain a lot from my conversations from other people. I learn from others, um, and and I learn what matters to people. And I, you know, as a reporter, I looked at both sides of every issue. But I will say, you never want to you never want to feel like you're the smartest person in the room. Although maybe you are the smartest one in the room. I, I certainly. Doubt that. <laughs> uh, but I I think that you have to be willing to learn from others, and I think that gives you empathy. It helps you understand things better. Um, and, and listening is very important. Let's go back to the phones. We have another caller in West Seneca. Barbara, you have a question on taxes. Go ahead. Yeah, I wanted to know about the tax decrease. Why did you vote for the tax, for the budget, if you didn't want the tax you thought that it, you thought it was for the budget. I, I never caught that. Why? Sure. So I did not vote for uh, the proposed budget of Mark Polentars. Uh, he sent over a proposed budget. What we did was amend that budget. We restored funding to some things that uh, that he did not fund. Important things like Western New York United and kids escaping drugs. We did that. And we cut the tax levy. When we did not have the votes anymore because of deals that were cut, 
when we did not have the votes anymore to actually pass that amended package with the tax levy cut. And the only vote, the only budget that was placed on the table for me to vote, it wasn't, I couldn't vote for one or the other. I did, I did try and, and move the amended budget off the table that, uh, that provided the tax levy break. But when that wasn't even an option for us to vote on anymore, and the only budget we had to vote on was our amended package, but without the tax levy decrease, I voted in favor of it because it restored or gave funding to many of the uh, issues and services that I felt were important. Now, that was not the budget that was sent over to us from Mark Polencars. It was still an amended budget. And I think that also speaks to the fact that I am willing to compromise when necessary. Uh, I, I, I voted for it because that was what was that was what we had on the table. We did not have the opportunity to vote for the other budget anymore. Well, well done. I think it's so difficult for yeah. folks to understand when you have an all or nothing choice in politics, right? It's either an up or down. There's no line item veto in front of you. How decisions get made and, you know, the, the worst thing you want to do is get back into the John Kerry situation where you're before the war, you know, you're, you're against the war and then you're before the war. Because and every, and everything today is set up for gotcha. Right. Whatever statement you made in 2003 is going to come back to you in 2019. And, you know, you think, well, a county executive race, it's not really going to get that. These things, everything is high profile. The social media has made everything high profile because everyone can watch a debate. Now, in the old days, you would have a debate for county executive at 2 o'clock in a high school on a Wednesday. Nobody saw it. You could have a bad performance. Now, Anyone at any time is going to have access to every single thing you said. It's a very high profile and a very ugly, you know, business politics. People get personal. And, you know, we haven't really seen that yet. But we are going to take more calls. We've got a Democrat on the line uh, that we'll get to after this break. We've got news with Alan Harris. And we'll also get to some issues. Uh, talk about how you would uh, adjudicate some of the issues of the day if you were a county executive, uh, because we have that opportunity now that you're a candidate. We're seeing the way that Mark Polencars as county executive is, is handling his business. We'd want to know how Lynn Dixon would do as county executive if the same situations uh, were in front of your uh, administration. Dr. Jacob Nyheisel is here. We've got Lynn Dixon. We've got your line and your calls, 803-0930 if you're a Republican, 644-9875 if you're a Democrat. We'll get to Tom on the Democratic line as soon as we hear from Alan Harris with news. It's Hardline. Welcome back to Hardline. We've got Dr. Jacob Nyheisel from the University of Buffalo School of Political Science. We've got Lynn Dixon. She is running for uh, Erie County Executive. Mark Polakars, well, he has better things to do than take any questions from anyone, so he doesn't want to be here again. But we'll still continue to ask him because, by law, we have to ask both people in the race for equal time. But Lynn Dixon chose to take the time. Mark Polakars has other things to do right now. So we'll go to his Twitter account to see what he's doing. Let's go to uh, Tom in Buffalo. He's on the Democratic line at 644-9875. 930 is the Republican line. Tom in Buffalo on the Democratic line. What's on your mind today, sir? Good morning, folks. Nice sunny day here in western New York. I'd like to ask, how in the world can either of you think that in a nuclear war, any place in the, in the world doesn't affect Erie County? Given the number of service people from Erie County, and given the fact that a nuclear war. That's why both of you are unqualified for any pol political job. Who, uh, who's both of you? Jacob Nyhesel and myself? Tom? 
I am most certainly unqualified for a political job. So, so wait, I guess the question is, well, let's just ask Lynn Dixon. Uh, do you believe that uh, we're prepared for a nuclear war? Well, I, and to Tom's uh, point, I think that nuclear war is certainly troubling for all of us. And, <laughs> and uh, if we were to reach that point, certainly uh, emergency services and disaster preparedness in Erie County uh, does the work on a daily basis uh, to make sure that uh, we are as taken care of as we possibly can be. But obviously that it would be a a, a, a huge concern and a huge yeah. worry. Well, uh, you know, we'll, we'll field any ground ball that comes our way. So uh, well done turning two on that one, Lynn Dixon. Uh, here's the thing. You're, let, let's play this uh, game here. You're the county executive, and uh, let's say you hire a social service commissioner who in the last uh, three days, I don't know, convicted of raping, a, a, a convicted on rape and criminal sex act charges on an employee that works for you, a staffer of the social service uh, commissioner's office, looking at four years in prison. There's no bail. Uh, that bail was revoked. This guy is in prison, in jail right now, looking at possibly up to four years. You're the county executive. What is your number one priority? First of all, that we do background checks to try to find out as much about people as we possibly can. When it comes to rape, or allegations of someone's character is there are there things that we could do better when we're vetting folks especially when they're administrative they're administration officials these are people close to the county executive i'm not saying mark polencars should bear any responsibility for him hiring a rapist right a convicted rapist who's raping people in his own division but at the same time is there anything we can do to better vet folks so uh, the former Commissioner Dershberger, he, he headed up the largest department in Erie County. The issues that you deal with in social services on a daily basis, by their very nature, are troubling and concerning. Uh, the vetting process to hire anybody, especially somebody in that role, should be just as thorough as you possibly can get. Now, I don't know that there was anything in his past that would have put up some sort of red flag that um, that would have prevented him from uh, being appointed commissioner. But I will say this: what has happened uh, is is so troubling, uh, and I feel terrible for the victim. Um, we failed her as a county. We should have protected her. We should have made her feel safe enough to go to work, to go to work, and we failed her. Um, but there are other victims, too. Um, his family, they're victims. He has children. He, he had a wife, and uh, they have to live with this every day, and this was drawn out, and and uh, he's hurt them, and they're, they're re-victimized on a daily basis. And so going forward, yes, uh, there's a vetting process uh, that should be in place that uh, is as thorough as you can possibly get, number one. And number two, if something like this happens, just be as transparent as possible, and 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 what we need to do as a, as a community, and certainly as a county now, is to um, take care of the victim in whatever way she needs. And uh, and again, my thoughts are are with the family too. Yeah, you know, not to get political, but that is the whole point of the show here, uh, Lynn. But I'm reading Mark Polencar's statement on the conviction of his social security, uh, social services commissioner, Al Dershberger's conviction of rape of his own employee. 
In the first four sentences in Mark Polinkar's statement, it's my, my, I. Cover his ass. Every sentence is, hey, today's verdict confirms that my administration did everything we could. I have nothing to do with this. We did everything we possibly could. We want to state... You're talking about something that you're not even connected to. You're on the legis- you know, you're on the Erie County Legislature. Okay, great. You are talking as if you are the the first thing I hear out of your mouth is let's talk about the victims. Let's talk about Dershberger's family. There are other victims of when you're when you do something reckless, criminal, there is a family connected to that as well. I'm hearing empathy. I'm hearing we have to protect victims. This is the evolution that we're supposed to take in this Kavanaugh era where victims have rights and that we're supposed to look out for for those that are marginalized. And and the, you know, I don't see any of that in that statement from our Polnikars. He's talking about what his administration did, everything they possibly could have. Not one mention of a victim at all in his, his original statement. It's almost like it was a postscript. Oh, by the way, retweet victims are, you know, my heart goes out to them. What do you make of that? Well, you know, let's remember that um, this happened to her. She was traumatized uh, in ways I can't possibly imagine. And then she has to go back to Albany to relive all this through a trial uh, and, and, and see him again. Um, again, the first and foremost, we need to take care of the people who are impacted by things like this. And I will remind you, too, that Commissioner Dershberger, uh, former Commissioner Dershberger, received a $20,000 payout uh, when when he um, resigned his post. And that was something in the county legislature that we said, we can't do this anymore. If you step down, if you resign from a post like that, because there is a likelihood that you have done something wrong, and you should not be entitled to any sort of payout. So wait, I, I'm confused. How can you make a statement that, uh, quote, I do not tolerate any form of sexual misconduct, especially the abhorrent conduct in this case, um, but yet you paid out Dershberger $20,000? How did Mark, how do you, who decided that? Is that part of the statute of any person that serves in an administration facility? If they step down, they get twenty grand. That was well. That was that was written in his. So he, it was part of a payout of, of just as his as his uh, job. Um, he was accused of raping his yeah. own employee, and he got twenty grand. Yes, and that well, and that's there's the other issue is, so certainly there will be lawsuits, uh, and they're going to come after the county. Yes, and, and the, the county's going to have to pay ta- for this, and there will be taxpayer funded settlements. Uh, and you know, honestly, the victim she is certainly deserving of of whatever that settlement is. Uh, but a reminder that that these are taxpayer funded settlements for a man who, while on the job as a commissioner of Erie County, did horrible things. Well, listen, Polkars loves bragging about how many storms are on his watch, how he's performed in all these storms. Hey, man, you want to pile on Chris Collins all day and all night? How many people in his cabinet were convicted of rape, accused of rape? I mean, it's a pretty big deal here. And now you're looking at, you know, well, everyone wants to pile on the church, pile on Bishop Malone. This guy walks into a situation of sins that were committed 25, 30 years ago. This is on your watch, someone that you hired. I can go back and find the very day he became the uh, social services commissioner. And there's a smile in polling cars with an arm around you. I mean, it's much worse than, you know, uh, Saddam Hussein and Dick Cheney high-fiving, right? There's your guy. 
there's got to be accountability here. And I'm sorry, but I, I think there was a much better way to unpack that, get into the victim's rights, explain to the county taxpayers that there may be a settlement because you have to be accountable for the actions of the people you employ. That may just be where we are in terms of American politics right now. Everything's a scandal, yet nothing's a scandal, right? So you always have that, that, but I don't that even... built-in support where you know Cuomo can have people around him go down and... It doesn't really blow back okay, on well, him. Trump listen, has folks, and so gonna, far he's you know going through it. So. Doctor Nyhaus, I'm gonna I'm gonna go here and, and Lynn, you don't know anything about this, and if you're uncomfortable about, it, you don't have to make any comment. But I'm gonna bring something up that not a lot of people like to talk about. Daniel Fitzgibbons, he's a 47 year old deputy commissioner of buildings and grounds. He's no longer with us. Okay, we don't know anything about the circumstances in which Mr. Gibbons took his own life. All right. But there is a family out there that I believe deserves some sort of closure. I think the community in a transparent government deserves some sort of, you know, closure as to why this happened. There were allegations made about Mr. Fitzgibbons that are either criminal or they're criminal anyway because they're false. You either slandered a man and caused him to take his own life, which I can only argue is a hate crime when you make up false allegations and embarrass someone on their personal work cell phone or their allegations and where to believe everyone who is. But one of the two things has to happen here. This is a guy who Mark Polakars considers to be a dear friend. This is a guy who Mark Polakars has taken money from. This is a guy that Mark Polakars has made comments about. Daniel Fitzgibbons and I are very close. Well, allegations were made. Mr. Fitzgibbons was accused of doing some pretty bad things. They're either true or they're false. The phone was stolen. Uh, text messages were sent to county employees. Where the hell is law enforcement on this? And where is the media covering this story where we don't know anything? Either Mr. Fitzgibbons was slandered and his name was drugged through the mud and we need to know who the hell is responsible for spreading gossip and hateful things about a good man. Or is this Al Dershberger 2.0? And do we have a habit of hiring people that are using their power and position to hurt people and create victims? Do we not deserve that? I mean, is, is there anything more Vince Foster-esque in Erie County than having your close personal friend take a head gainer off a bridge and have his phone stolen and messages going out? I mean, that's not a scandal. Where the hell is 2, 4, and 7 in Spectrum? Where's the Buffalo News a year and a half after this story? Yep. I, <laughs> I mean, sir, and, and, and what, I wasn't aware of it till today. I mean, I, and I think this I is outrageous to, to follow what's Le, going on. Either, either we have to give closure to this family and say someone started a vicious rumor about your son and your son was going through issues that we all go through. Suicide is a very real thing and, and it's something that we take seriously. Uh, but someone slandered this man a good man and made up false allegations on his phone, stole his phone and ruined his reputation. Get to the bottom of that if you're a friend, Mark Polinkars. Or do we have a very serious problem here in Erie County politics? And do we have a, count, uh, do we have a, a county executive who's covering up where is the sheriff's department on this? Where is the city of Lackawanna Police Department on this? Why have we heard nothing about this case? Lynn. 
Well, I would like to hear what some conclusions are. I've, I've never heard any conclusion about what occurred in that instance. And um, and again, we have we have families that are hurting, and it's 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 a terrible situation. And I've not heard anything more with respect to whether or not it's it's still being investigated or what conclusions were reached. But, but, I never and, heard what and, conclusions and, were reached. Am I out of line to say one of two things is happening here? Either you've taken a good man's reputation and destroyed it. Someone stole a county cell phone and put out false information about a good man, and he may have taken his life because of those false rumors. Isn't that the liberal thing to do to find out who's spreading hate crime rumors and innuendos? Or do we have an allegation of a serious crime here and need to find out one way or the other? There's a family involved there are victims in this thing, and they deserve to have closure. I think the whole th- to sweep this under the rug, I don't care if it's an election year or not. I, and, and, Lynn, if this was happening on your watch, I'd call you out on it, too. It went quiet pretty quickly. And, uh, again, I think that we've never heard the conclusion. We never heard what ultimately what they decided occurred uh, and who's to blame. I've never heard that the end result of that. But again, we have we have more than one person who who is a victim here or who you know who was impacted. So this is it, it, it's troubling. But yes, I've never heard of any final conclusion. I, I haven't heard anything. I've talked to folks everywhere. I'd love to hear someone bring it up. Greg in Lancaster, you're on the Republican line. Go ahead. Hi, uh, my name is Greg Soika, Lancaster Republican chairman, and I am thrilled that Lynn Dixon is running and has my complete support. My whole reason for getting involved in politics in Lancaster was because of patriotism or patronism and nepotism. It's running wild in Lancaster, and we're going to try and stop it. And, Lynn, I say the same thing about your uh, opponent. He hired his, had his brother hired at the Erie County Water Authority. He was fired from there. Then he got scooped up by the Board of Elections. This man's qualifications was he was a chef at Wegman. What? And, and this wait, wait, Greg, Greg, Greg. That's a serious allegation. Are you saying that the county executive hired his brother, who was a worker at Wegmans, to work at the Water Authority? He hired him. I'm saying that he was hired at the Erie County Board of Elections. Oh, Erie County Board of Elections. I'm sorry. Got it. Right. Prior to that, he was hired at the Erie County Water Authority. And prior to that, he was a chef at Wegmans. Correct. Okay. Well. I, so, I, I first of all, I don't have any family members that are lining up asking for for jobs. Uh, my 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 family works. They work in the private sector, and um, they're happy to stay there. Uh, my friends, my wonderful circle of friends, are pretty apolitical, which is is nice for me because I get feedback from people who just how decisions impact them on a daily basis or how their daily lives are impacted, not from a political viewpoint, but really just from how I'm living my life viewpoint. So um, that's where I get my feedback. And and no one in in my circle of friends either are looking for um, a job at the Water Authority or the Board of Elections. Right. And I want to acknowledge that both parties do this, but the lesser of two evils is still evil. Hey, listen, there are plenty of folks in the Republican Party that are doing the wrong thing. There are Democrats that are doing the wrong thing. I'm just saying if if you're going to drain the swamp and and try to bring, you know, we want good people to run for public office, Greg. Qualified people. Qualified, good people that are going to make honorable decisions and, and are not concerned about the next step. 
one of the things I have not heard from Lynn Dixon in this entire race is what she's planning to do after she becomes Erie County Executive. She's talking about, this is what I want to do because I can make Erie County better. And this is the re- how I'm going to do it. I respect that. I do. And the other thing is, yeah, support. she also has the intestinal fortitude to stand up to people that don't agree with her in districts that don't have registered Republicans. And she goes in there and earns their trust and gets their vote. And I respect that. Very good. All right, Greg. Appreciate that. I, I don't know. I, I'd vote for a Democrat if they could answer questions. We could disagree. And they, they presented themselves a, a worthy defense. You see it all the time. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, I think that's why this show is such a great opportunity. And I, I hope more candidates and politicians would take advantage of it because you know, we're, we're trying hard. I realize we're on BEN, but you know, David and I disagree on a number of things. Tons and of things. <laughs> we probably agree on more than I ever thought we would. Wh- whatever, but, but it's still there. Uh, but this is an opportunity to get out of the echo chamber. And I, I think that that should be something that we applaud and it's something that we should have more in the community to take advantage of. And so. you can respect people who you disagree with. Absolutely. And, um, and my whole point is, is that what I don't respect is I don't respect cowardice. I don't respect people who say it, this is going to be uncomfortable. You sit down in a chair and you look someone in the eye and you say, I disagree. Whether it's beads in products because of the environment or, you know, it's fracking. These are tough issues. You know, there are people that don't all agree in the same caucus, in the same party. But at least defend where you're coming from, Lynn. And, and, and I also think, I mean, healthy debate is important in politics. It is. I, and I think, I think when you get different viewpoints, you can come to some sort of compromise that addresses a lot of the issues on either side uh, that you care about. And it's, it's, it should never be, if you don't agree with me, you're evil, you're wrong, and you're a bad human being. I, that just shouldn't be the way we think. And I, and I feel as though uh, in politics right now, that's sort of the approach that's being taken is that if you don't agree with me 100% of the time, then you're just wrong and you're, you're, you're dumb or you're, you know, you're, you're bad. And that's just not the case. I agree. And amen. Uh, closing statements, anything else to add? Uh, I just you where know. could people follow you and, and join volunteer and uh, be a part of the the team so vote Lynn and that's L Y N N E. Uh, actually I had a woman came up to me yesterday I was at down at the Shamrock Run and she goes you spell your name like I do that's enough for me to vote for you I go well <laughs> that's a great start <laughs> <The> bar, <but laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> um, so vote Lynn L-Y-N-N-E dot com uh, is where you can sign up uh, to help me out and I'm just grateful for this opportunity and uh, I'm really looking forward to the next nine months uh, my, the, my, the favorite thing that I like to do is go in the communities roll the sleeves and listen I mean listen as much as, as share with you where where I'm coming from. I want to hear where you're coming from. And that's what the next nine months are going to be all about. Well, listen, I, I really have the first time I really got a chance to sit down and get to know you was when we we're doing an interview. Uh, but I got to tell you, I, I really appreciate your accessibility. I appreciate your willingness to take time out of your day, but really talk about things that make you uncomfortable. Talk about things that you necessarily uh, we, we might not agree on, or at least you want to hear the other side. And I, I think you have a, an incredible way of communicating. That's your background is in communications and talking to folks. Uh, but again, this is a very difficult journey you're going on and you've got the alligator skin for it. So hats off yeah. and best of luck. 
Thank you, and I hope it doesn't look like alligator skin. No, you know what I meant. I, <laughs> I, meant, I, I, I know. Oh, I'm no. Well, what have we done? We've already upset. That's on you. Yeah, that's on you. No, you're not alligator skin. It's I good. meant a toughness. An I know what you mean. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> All right, so there that goes. Uh, hey, Lynn Dixon, thank you so much. Vote Lynn, L-Y-N-N-E is her website. Uh, again, we offered Mark Polenkar as an hour. Got nothing out of him. When we come back, we are going to hear from Congressman Brian Higgins to talk about the Skyway. He was talking about the Skyway before anyone thought the Skyway was cool. We're going to hear from Brian Higgins when we come back to talk Skyway after this. It's Hardline. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary.